Hello, my name is Adrian Goldberg and welcome to the latest episode of the Coronavirus Stories podcast. This time a view from Germany, which has suffered a relatively low death toll compared to its European neighbours. Hi, I'm Ollie Bond. I live in a little town called Camberg, which is like Hamburg, but spelt with a C. That's in Thuringen, in the southern part of what was the old East Germany. I'm a Brit, and last year I also got German citizenship as a way of coping with Brexit. Tell me how, from your perspective, coronavirus is playing out in Germany. I think the Germans have been very organised in how they responded. And there's a lot of consensus in the politics. The measures that have been taken have been pretty well received. There've been some reports of idiots getting together in parks in Munich and people having corona parties. Um, But now people are starting to keep their distance. The supermarkets have a hand disinfectant at the door. Things are are fairly well organised. The number of cases where we are is fortunately pretty low, but rising. The odd thing in Germany is the very low reported death rate. And we're not sure whether that's under-reporting or or just very good care. And the Germans are lucky they've got a very good health system and a lot of intensive care beds available. How many deaths have there been, as far as you understand, in Germany? I think it's still below 100. I haven't checked today because I've just finished work. But during, and I think it was zero a day or two ago so far in our region. So we've so far escaped very luckily. Why do people think that is? A good healthcare system and very good organisation and generally maybe a German characteristic of following rules and respecting the orders to keep your distance socially. Yeah, maybe other societies have adapted too late. Maybe Germany was lucky that they were fairly late on the curve of getting the rate of infection and they've been able to implement the rules and they look to the south and they see what's happening in Italy. And they're pretty scared. And you talk about some people not being rule followers. I guess that's true in any society, uh, even in (laughs) Germany. Tell me a little bit about these corona parties or people gathering in parks. Uh, I I read a report that police in Turingen had to break up three corona parties, which is generally teenagers and young men hanging around drinking beer on their allotments or in a park and sharing a case of beer. And they want to carry on enjoying the spring sunshine and getting together with their friends in the evenings. And they don't take it seriously or or think they're being cool by rebelling against authority. Now, I'm just looking at one report here as we speak, suggesting there have been 149 deaths in Germany, but still relatively low, certainly compared to many of its uh, European neighbours. You say there's been a political consensus then about the measures that should be taken. What have they been broadly? Angela Merkel gave two addresses to the nation, one to stress the seriousness of the crisis a couple of weeks ago and another a few days ago where she had previously had a call with the leaders of all of Germany's 16 federal regions and they'd agreed that they would implement a common set of restrictions so that you wouldn't be allowed to get together in groups of four people in Berlin and three people in Leipzig or six people in Munich that they'd all agreed to stick to the same measure. Uh, And they implemented the rule that you can't get together in groups of more than two. And this has been very 
unanimously well received and fairly well policed from what I see. So the Germans, I think, just have to look to look on the news and look to the south and they see what's happening in Italy and they're scared. And is there a, is there a sense of fear there? For some of the population, yes. I mean, in, in eastern Germany, uh, it should be remembered that it's one of the oldest demographic regions of, of Europe. So sort of out of the 20 regions of Europe with the oldest average age, 19 of them are in the former East Germany. Because when the wall came down 30 years ago, all the young people left to go to the West and get jobs. So that should put Germany right in the front rank of countries with deaths, being blunt about it. It should, and if it spreads and takes off, not only will the infection rate, if the infection rate gets high, the requirement for intensive care for all the old folk will be a massive strain. And maybe that's why people are being quite fearful and respectful of it. And in the UK, we've had this kind of creeping clampdown on our movements. Only people now with essential work are expected to go to work we're being told to not circulate, to keep a safe distance, even if we go to the shops. And I've noticed only in the last couple of days now, people really do finally, perhaps in the UK, seem to be taking all this very seriously. What are the restrictions on travel and on work in Germany? You are allowed to leave your house to take exercise, to go for a walk with the people that you are isolated or quarantined with. You are allowed to travel to your work. Non-essential shops have shut. There hasn't been, in, in Germany, uh, as, as I've seen, any of the crazy arguments that you have in the UK about whether a building site is an essential job or not, or whether Sports Direct is a, a fitness retailer and should be allowed to open to help people stay fit. They're, they're much more organised and rule-bound, and decisions get made and implemented pretty efficiently. So building sites, for example, will have closed down? I haven't driven into a town to see whether any large building sites have closed down, but certainly on small things around here, things are quietened down. And my wife and I are renovating the local train station as our project, and we've pretty much shut down. We aren't getting builders in now and risking it because there's no benefit better to wait and delay for a few months and then hope that we can start again. A couple of theories that I've seen about Germany's relatively low death rate from coronavirus. One is that because people are relatively secure in their jobs in Germany and have a tradition of secure employment in the country, that workers are more willing to have time off when they feel ill, for example. They won't push themselves to work when they're ill in the way that people in perhaps the less secure working environment of the UK would be. Does, does that ring true? Oh, absolutely. And one of the first announcements from the, the German government was the implementation of support for Kurzarbeit so that firms could, as they do in when there's a recession, the firms can lay off the workers, but the government will keep paying their wages so that when times pick up again, the workers can come back to work and, and production can resume. And that's very well organised from the central ministry down to the regional banks. The distribution of the funds is you know, already in place. I mean, I've just seen a, an email from our accountant around Robin to all his customers saying that the funds are there to help small businesses and here's how to get them. So 
it's certainly less disorganized, I think, than the UK. And maybe there are fewer self-employed people here. People tend to prefer secure employment with excellent employee protection. And so, as you say, when they feel sick or when they feel it's unsafe to work, they will stay at home and know that their job is still there for them. Yeah, I also uh, understand as well, I've read that Germany has a, a higher proportion of hospitals per head of population than many comparable European countries as well. I've seen the num- number of intensive care beds per million people is, I think, much higher in Germany than, than the rest of Europe, which is reassuring. And for my work, I'm normally I travel down to Munich each week to work for a big organisation there. And luckily, I work in IT. So I've been at home for two and a half weeks now, just working with my laptop and seeing the effect that has on people who are used to coming into an office and are used to the social aspects of work and the stresses on them. And one of the odd things, uh, my work is an international organization which is full of expat staff. And one of the odd things that strikes us is that we are all now cut off from our families back home. So I have colleagues with relatives in Italy, in Greece, in Sweden, in Ireland, in England. So my parents are in England. And for the first time in over a decade as an expat, it's very odd in a united Europe to, to think that I couldn't easily jump in the car or jump on a plane and get home in half a day or a day. And that uncertainty for a lot of people, especially with elderly parents, that uncertainty, not knowing how long it's going to last, is quite a tough psychological hit for, for a lot of my colleagues and for me. Mm. Testing is quite advanced in Germany as well. I read that there were 35,000 coronavirus tests done in private practices last week in Germany. That's according to a report in the Los Angeles Times. And Germany can now perform 12,000 tests per day. So again, the, the kind of the, the sense that we have in the UK of Germany being a very progressive country, a country that has very good health care, that does seem once again to be coming to the fore in this crisis. I, I certainly feel so. I mean, if I needed to get a test, I know there is a GP in my small town, my little village of uh, two or 3,000 people where I live. Um, I know there's a GP here that's got tests and I could go and get one and it would be covered by my health insurance. Luckily, I haven't got any symptoms, so I haven't needed to, but you know, I know that's there. And when I read that even healthcare workers can't get tests in the UK, I'm terrified. It's shocking to hear that news from the UK. And at this time, clearly you've made the decision to go and live in Germany anyway. And as you've said, you're renovating with your partner uh, an old railway station in eastern Germany at Camberg. But quite aside from that, judge purely on living somewhere at a time of coronavirus, it sounds as though you would rather be living in Germany than living in the UK. Oh, I feel safer here. Um, uh, I, I mean, I used to live in a small village in Cornwall, and and in terms of the hospitals and how far they were to get to, I think we're we're better off where we are here in Germany. We're glad that we're isolated here in a small town with beautiful countryside around us. If I had to stay in my apartment in Munich, which is a, a one-bed concrete box, I think I'd be going pretty crazy after a week, let alone three months. I'm very lucky be here with my wife and dog and and where we want to be. But uh, certainly, yeah, I'm very fearful for friends in the UK 
And when I read the news about panic buying in shops, I'm quite surprised. In East Germany, under communism, the shops would only occasionally randomly get stock of things. So people in East German times uh, used to have to buy whatever they could when it was available because they didn't know when it would be restocked. But for 30 years now, they've been in the Western system and our local supermarket, apart from a little run on toilet paper, our local supermarket has stayed very well stocked and there hasn't been much evidence of what the Germans call hamster buying. Uh, they call it hamster kauf, which is the, the lovely word, like a hamster stuffs its cheeks with food. So we pop down to the shop every few days and pick up what we need, almost as if life was normal. But there's the shift from paying with cash to paying with card to avoid the infection of handling cash. There's, uh, now they've introduced hand sanitizers at the door of the supermarket. So um, people are a bit more careful of things, but everything is still functioning. Fascinating insight, Ollie. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And as I've said to other people on the podcast, I will be staying in touch with you, whether you like it or not, and uh, hopefully getting an update uh, in a few weeks' time because obviously we just don't know how coronavirus is going to go. Uh, yeah, and I hope when all this is over, you can come out and see us at Camberg Bahnhof and see the beautiful countryside in Turingen. It's a, a really beautiful corner of the world. I look forward to it. Thanks for your time, Ollie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Adrian. Cheers. That's Ollie's story. And if you've got a coronavirus story that you want to share with me, please drop me an email to goldbergradio at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can follow the progress of this podcast via my Twitter account, at Goldberg Radio. Thank you very much indeed for listening and stay safe.